And so when you're in a mindset of having to go food shopping and yet now you're limited to two items each. So everybody gets some, which is socialism, by the way. But that's a whole nother conversation that I'll bring up later today. And um, and you start to realize like, wow, throughout my life, I've wasted so much food. You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfit? <clears throat> no, I'm not sick. Let me do it again. <clears throat> What's going on, Misfit? Good. The reason why my voice cracked is because this is the first time I've spoken all day. It is still morning. I know I did not do a Monday morning podcast because today, March 25th, has been the first day in the past 10 days since I've been self-quarantining slash social distancing that she, he, her, me, not he, but she, her, me, I have woken up before noon. <laughs> yes, before noon. I know. Isn't that terrible? Let me silence my phone real quick. Um, Yeah, this is my first time in a long time that I've been up, up and at them. It's not even sunshine in today. Like it was sunshine and really out nice yesterday. Uh, the day before that was raining really bad. That's also probably why I was like in the bed because Monday was just like a total wash. But um, what I've been doing to not go crazy. And when I say like self-quarantining, basically I haven't done anything unless it's food shopping and walking my dog. And now because we're in like quarantine shutdown mode in New York City, which which kind of like officially took place like the 15th. So it has been like 10, 11 days. Every day I, do, I go outside with my dog. Every day I go outside with my dog and we walk for an hour, which is, which is, you got to understand she's a pug and she's very lazy. But for some reason, ever since, you know, she realized that like we're supposed to be in the house. She wants to go out. She wants to go out all the time, except for when it rains. So I've been keeping myself sane by going on really long walks, avoiding people at all costs. You know, whenever I see somebody walking next to me, you know, cause we have like some streets are kind of like narrow sidewalks are kind of narrow. Like I'll like go out of my way to be like, excuse me, you know, like, Ooh, I see somebody coming. I'll just like go into the street and walk around a car Especially if it's like people who are like together because they think just because they're cool with each other that that everybody else should be cool with like walking past them. And what's up with these runners? Now, everybody want to run? Everybody running now? That's what we're saying. Every, I mean, I've seen people out there running and stuff that was not running attire. Just because you got some leggings and some skips does not mean that you have the support that you need to make sure that your balls don't jingle jangle as you walk down the street. I've seen more men in skin tight ass leggings running, trotting down the street like a stallion, not Meg, then a little bit. Now, I understand that the streets are not that populated. However, y'all doing too much. Y'all doing too much. Y'all doing too much. It's like you can't cruise when there's nobody outside. So stop. Put them cheeks away. I um, have been struggling with my own workout. It's so interesting because... I could still be late to a workout that it's remote from home and I'm still late to it. Like my trainer will text me and be like, okay, so we're working out today at four o'clock. And I'm like, okay, 3.58, I'm on my computer doing something. And 
I just get really enthralled in whatever my project is. And so like I become like obsessed with like trying to figure it out, you know, like something took me a really long time yesterday to do. It was Oh, I took a snippet of the last episode, which was a, my like first official bonus episode of the Social Mystery Podcast. It's exclusively on Patreon. And so I put like a little clip on my Instagram to promote that I have a Patreon. And it's a very simple clip. It's one minute with audio, an image and like, you know, some text in in the program that I use, which is called Headliner, H-E-A-D-L-I-N-E-R. You can go to it's, I think the website is make.headliner.app and it is an app, but you have to do it on a browser because it has so much functionality. You cannot do it on the phone. And so it's a really simple process, but it took me a long time because you know how technology is. It's just one little thing that doesn't work and you have to figure it out. So I had to do all this problem solving because it wasn't reading my audio file because it was a dot wave file even though it says it accepts .wav files, but it didn't. So something that should have taken me four minutes tops took me about 40 minutes. And then the next thing I know, my whole day is kind of like thrown off and it's like, well, I want to get to the grocery store. So I was like, let me make sure I get to the grocery store. Then my trainer hit me up and he was like, hey, I got some weights for you because <laughs> the gag is I only have four pound hand weights and I've been trying to throw them bitches out for years but I just felt bad. So they was always in like the corner of my closet and now I actually need them. And so my trainer was like, yeah, you need more than four pound weights. And so he called me yesterday. He was like, I'm gonna leave some weights out. Just come by. He lives in the neighborhood. He was like, come by, pick them up. So now I got a barbell and a dumbbell and plates of weights. So now I have no excuse not to get my life all the way together, even though I probably would figure out a way because I jokingly said to him, I was like, oh, I decided I'm just going to get fat. I'm just going to get fat. But I can't get fat. I just can't do it because I just don't like the way it feels. And not only that, it's like, I don't like the way it feels, but also it's like you realize now everything that's going on, like how important your health is, you know, and not even really not even necessarily being slim because that's not what I'm thinking about when I say like being healthy, but more importantly, it's like your immune system. And I, so I think a lot of us have realized that there's so many things that we should be doing to, to improve our immune system, because that's the thing that makes you vulnerable when you're dealing with this virus. And another, you know, another confession here, like, you know, I had a cabinet full of vitamins that I would take in spurts and then not take. And then recently my brother cleaned out the cabinets and he was like, what are you going to do with these vitamins? And I was like, I'll just leave them there. Cause I was like, I don't want to, I feel bad throwing them out. Cause I, that's just a waste of money. Like that's really shitty to just throw out your vitamins. And so I kept them. Thank God I did. Because now I'm taking like 15 horse pills a day. I got my probiotics. I got my magnesium, calcium, and zinc, which I'm taking the last two of today. I got those from Trader Joe's. And my dumbass went to Trader Joe's yesterday and forgot to fill up on those because I was so busy trying not to stand next to people who was doing goofy shit in the supermarket. 
I mean, what's up with the line? Like, we respect the line. Like, you have to line up to go into the supermarket now. You got to, and people aren't even respecting that space of like standing six feet apart. Like, I'm standing six feet apart. People like up on my back. I got to turn and look at his father, daughter. Like, get your life together, sirs and daughter. And then I go into the supermarket. They let us in, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like five or six at a time. But then you go in and people like right up under you. Like, what was the whole point of that whole process? You might as well just let us all in here and then fucking fiend for ourselves. Anyway, I forgot to get more of those. So um, I'm sad about that because, but I also am not that sad because I'm like, girl, it has zinc in it and everybody's grabbing everything with zinc in it, you know, because zinc is supposed to be really good for your immune system. It's it's not supposed to be. It is really good for your immune system. So zinc is like out. I even went to the hood, uh, Rite Aid in my neighborhood, like, oh, hopefully they don't know, you know, hopefully zinc gone, right? A lot of other vitamins were still there, but I know zinc was a thing that everybody was like, zinc, got to get it. Zinc and elderberry, gone, right? So what else have I been taking? Okay, so I've been taking, like I said, my probiotic. I take an immunity booster, B vitamin, D vitamin, um, milk thistle, flaxseed oil, uh, an iron pill, and then I put into my smoothie um, spirulina and marine collagen just for my hair and my nails. And I don't know what I'm going to do with my nails because I get my nails done and I can't get them done anymore. And while I went to the hood Rite Aid in my neighborhood to see if I can come up on some zinc, I also had to break down and buy my pumice stone I haven't owned a pumice stone and I know it sounds crazy I haven't owned a pumice stone in a long time right and so I had to buy one because these feet honey these feet look like they've been through an apocalypse yes my white toenail polish is chipped off my heel I don't even want to tell you about my heel I don't even know why they look so bad. You know what it is? It's like I get pedicures regularly, clearly, because I don't do my own feet. But when I, um, it's like one of those things where like, it looks fine. It looks fine. It looks fine. And then one day you're like, ah, like it just, like they just turned the corner. So I have to do my own feet and I'm not complaining about it, but I'm just, you know, it's just an experience. And, and I think we learn a lot about ourselves under these trying times. And one thing that I really learned and I want to talk about today is like how we deal with food. Okay. And so when you're in a mindset of having to go food shopping and yet now you're limited to two items each. So everybody gets some, which is socialism by the way, but that's a whole nother conversation that I'll bring up later today. And, um, and you start to realize like, wow, Throughout my life, I've wasted so much food. Like I've wasted so much food. And like now I'm looking at my refrigerator and it's filled. Thank the Lord. I'm able to, you know, buy groceries. And and I want to say this because I don't have much. I'm not rich. Yes, I, I do television shows. Yes, I'm a comedian. Yes, I have a book, but I'm not rich by any stretch of imagination. Right. But I want to say this because I really do want people to um, not have to like suffer. And so I want to give, this is true. I want to give $50 to, um, six people who need groceries. So if you listen to this podcast and you've been a listener, 
please DM me. You can email me at Chloe at ChloeHillier.com. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me a private message on the, you know, SoundCloud app if you prefer to do it that way. But just let me know if you need groceries and like if you like really need groceries. And I know $50 isn't a lot of money, but it's something. You can get, you know, some canned goods. You can get some tomato sauces, some pastas canned beans. That's just like whatever little things that you can add to your pantry in this time of need, because I understand that people are really, you know, counting their meals because they don't know when they're going to get money coming in. And like I said, I'm not rich. I'm, I'm not wealthy, but it's all my heart. And I would like to give $50 to six people, six listeners who are in need of groceries at this time. So just wanted to put that out there. Right. But, um, but it, it just made me really think about like how we waste a lot of food in this country. And then I personally waste a lot of food. I've bought groceries and then I'm just like, Oh, it's sitting in there too long. Or I've gone out of town and I got to throw most out the, most of the stuff out. And then like, I would even think, okay, well, since I'm going to be out of town, maybe my brother will eat the food. And he's like, I'm not cooking. He's not cooking like that. Sidebar, my brother, the millennial, who he will be referred to from henceforth forward, henceforth, henceforth, whatever, from now on, he, um, he packed up and went to his girlfriend's house. So like, beef, like almost two weeks ago, <laughs> almost two weeks ago, he came home he packed up a suitcase. He took some of his food that he bought, like his like meat stuff, because I still don't really eat meat. Like I'm going to I know I'm going like on a tangent, but I'm not eating meat like that. But I also realized that I need to have something in the house in case we go on a long distance. So I bought like some fish. I bought some salmon. I bought some porgies because I'm black and um, I have plenty of cans of tuna fish, even though I don't really do mayonnaise. I'm gonna figure that out. Probably like mustard. I don't know. Don't judge me. It's better than um, what's his name, Adrian Ballon, cooking fucking tuna fish with fruit punch. Yes, she did that. So he took some of his groceries and you know packed up his bag and he's been staying at his girlfriend's house and he been cooking food. He been cooking meals. They been cooking meals together. And how do I know they been cooking meals together? Because every day the family, my brother and parents and I do a WhatsApp video chat and in the group chat, he'll like show what he cooked for dinner. And I'll be like, you don't be cooking with you over here like that. But I realize it's like the dynamic of he and I, which is like, I'm the oldest, like the much older sister. So he's just like, you know, and he moved in here. So he's probably like, this is your kitchen, your space. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, you don't, you don't showed your hand, sir. You didn't showed your hand. You're going to be cooking when you come back here. Yes, sir. Yes, you will. Yes, you will be cooking. So, I realize that I waste so much food, right? And so now when I look at my 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 refrigerator, I'm like, all right, I got to make that. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. And so what I've been doing is I'll wake up, I'll drink some hot lemon water. Yes, yes, yes. It's good for your digestive tract, flushes you out from overnight stuff. And also they say that lemon water, lemon water, warm lemon water, warm apple cider water, also warm salt water gargle like a mouth flush is really good to help flush out any remnants of the virus that may be harboring in your digestion in your like throat whatever and flushes it to your stomach Mm. 
So I do that. And then about an hour after I drink that, I'll have either a smoothie with like all my supplements in it or cereal. I do have like two huge bags of oatmeal, but I'm like, I'm going to wait until I actually need to crack those open because it's like, I want to eat the cereals that I, that I enjoy. And it made me think about it. It's like when you have treats, right? And you know that you may have to buckle down and just like eat the food that you have. Do you eat your treats first because you can't contain yourself or do you save your treats for later? That's a good, I just want to know how people, how people manage that because I mean, it's going to get eaten anyway, but like, can you save your, save yourself from devouring all of your treats immediately? Or are you going to set them aside like a treat, like, you know, couple weeks from now or whatever. I don't know. I've been, I've been doing pretty good actually with my treats. I have them in a separate um, box, like a, like a, a storage container so that they're not in my cabinet. So like when I go to cook and get something, a seasoning or a pack of pasta, I'm not like, Ooh, Oreos. And then like, you know how you, you know how you eat your Oreos while you cook in the meal that you really supposed to be eating. So they're separate. So I have to like intentionally go and get them. So that's a whole nother thing. But I do think that we waste a lot of food in this country. We really do. And I'm going to, I'm going to be more mindful of it. And I think like everyone else, we're realizing that our lives will never be the same. Like just won't ever be the same. And I woke up Monday morning. I was like, I said to myself, I was like, it's Monday morning and my life will never be the same. And I think there's so much that we can learn from this time. And I hope that we do. I hope that we start planting the seeds for a better country and a better world. I hope that if you have the knowledge or the finesse that you can start, like, you know, having conversations with the people in your family who are a little bit pigheaded or stubborn or want to believe that this is a conspiracy or a hoax. Um, Also, you know, I don't know how many red state listeners I have out there, but now will be a wonderful time to start planting the seeds of the benefits benefits of more socialism policy to the folks who love, you know, being in a red state, even though they require the most socialism work. So I think there's just so much that we can learn. And I'm also not above holding people accountable. Like I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to change their tune and act like they didn't say the things that they said, or they didn't tweet the things that they tweeted. And it's like, no, 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 no. We need to hold them up. We need to have, um, some, what do you call them? postmortems. Yes, we need to have a postmortem when this is all said and done to really think about what went wrong. How can we make sure it doesn't happen again? You know, I really want to become more involved in my community because in a situation like this, I have a lot of older people who live on my block and I don't know if they have the access to get groceries. I mean, I don't know if they have a car. I don't know if they, you know, have the strength even. So, you know, I want us to kind of like be in conversation. Like if I felt really bad, like last night, last night I was walking my dog. I I feel like I have to say that I was like walking my dog when I was outside before y'all yell at me for being outside. And like one of my neighbors had their car, but they had their hazards on their car. And I noticed it early in the day, like when I went food shopping, I was like, oh, wow, that's strange. Maybe they're just like, you know, maybe they just ran inside for something or whatever. Their, their hazards are on. That was like three o'clock. Then when I go to Walker, it's 10 o'clock. Their hazards are still on. 
And I was like, damn, like I kind of know whose car that is. I know whose car it is, but I don't know which house they live in. Like I don't, I'll be clocking people's houses like that. Like I have an idea. And a part of me was like, man, I wish I like knew them, knew them like that. Or even just had like that, like neighborhood mentality to just like, you know, go ring their door, but like, Hey neighbor. I don't know why I feel like that's the voice you do when you're like really cordial with your neighbors. Hey neighbor, you left your hazards on. Yeah, I just was walking my dog. I just felt you just, you know, I don't want your battery to die. No, no, no. We we sitting in a pandemic. You got to be able to get in your car and go. And I couldn't do that. So hopefully their battery didn't die because I'm a bad neighbor. But it's not just me. It's all of us. It's all of us. It's like, think about this. When's the last time you went to a neighbor and asked him to borrow a cup of sugar? Like, when was the last time we've done that? And... I don't know. I want us to get back to that because a part of that on such a a micro level is it it extends to like a larger sentiment, which is if you don't know who your neighbors are, if you don't care about the well-being of your neighbors, then you don't understand that the well-being of your neighbors helps to promote a healthy community locally. Right. And then when the community is strong and healthy and in good communication with each other, that extends itself to like local politics, right? Because now you can all come together on one accord or you can voice your opinions civilly because you don't hate the guts of the person who lives next door to you or theoretically next door to you because you have some, some, something that you can humanize them. You can humanize this person because you know this person. This is your neighbor. You've known them forever. Your kids play together. You like there's something or even if you don't know them forever, like, you know, when they first moved in, you went over there and introduced yourself. Like you kind of broken that barrier of like there's a stranger next door. And when you humanize people and you become empathetic and sympathetic, it allows you to see things in a more clear view. And I think that we've lost that. And I don't know what happened. I mean, I remember being a kid and my mom was like, go downstairs and ask, go downstairs and ask Miss so-and-so if you can get a cup of sugar. And I was like, what? You know, I'm like seven. But also I'm at seven. I'm excited to like go do a task. You know, when you're so young, you're so happy to go do something to show that you're an adult. You know, like I'm a big girl. I'm going to go get some sugar. And I would go and get some sugar or eggs or whatever. And, you know, it was never nothing crazy. I would just knock on the door and be like, hey, my mom wants to know if she can borrow two eggs. I'd be like, oh, here you go. Like, it was never tell your mom. I said, hi, okay, bye. It was none of that, you know. And so I've been living in my, I've been living in my neighborhood for over a decade. And I do not have that relationship with anybody on this blog. And a part of me takes responsibility for that. Um, a part of me also knows that. How do I say this? A part of me also knows that there's some people on this block who I do not want to partake any sort of relationship with. But I do believe that even though you may not like want to hang out with a person, that doesn't mean that you can't have a certain basic level of like cordialness, you know? So I don't know. I think that's something that we can start to think about because our neighbors are going to need us. And and they should be able to ask for help. I think that's another thing is like we try not to ask for help or it's it's weird. It's like there's people who try not to ask for help and there's people who are always asking for help. And those people are the ones that I don't want to help because it's like, come on, be like you doing too much. Like you didn't even try to lift a finger. You just want somebody to help you. And so we need to find a good balance because 
is sorely lacking. Now, I don't want to beat this pandemic with a stick, but I just want to point out that I could never, never be Idris Elba's wife. That's just not going to happen. I mean, it's not like it could happen, but it ain't going to happen because his wife sat there with his video of him saying that he has coronavirus right up. She was like right up on his neck. And at the time she had not tested positive, but she was like, I'm going to stand by him. This is my husband. And now, of course, she tested positive for coronavirus. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me, honey. I love you enough to live. That's how I feel. I love you enough to live. That's how I feel about it. This is a situation we don't know how bad it's going to get. And I'm sorry. Like, I can love you from a distance. From a distance. Absolutely. I will cook all your meals. I will slide them right up to your guest house door. Because I assume Idris Elba Elba must have a place where he can have a guest house. Or a big enough flat in London where he could take over one whole floor and she takes over another floor. I would gladly slide a food tray across our marble floors like Sealy and the color purple before I allow you to get me sick in this day and time. And the funny thing about it, everybody was like, oh, well, she's a ride or die. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. I don't want to ride or die. I want to walk and live. Okay. How about that? Now, I'm not, I don't want to come down on her. And I think people love the way they want to love. And maybe that's just the dynamic of their relationship. Because I know in wedding vows, you say to death, do you part? But it's like, yes, to death, do us part, but not, not you get me sick and I die. So the funny thing about it was, After that story came out that she tested positive after she had not been positive and she was sticking by her man and she went and did an Instagram live or whatever kind of like virtual conference call with Oprah Winfrey talking about, you know, them testing positive and now she has it. And then like, I don't know when the next day or whatever, I see a clip of Oprah being like, yes, that man is self-quarantined in the guest house. And she took a video and she like walks up to the guest house. He's out the window. Not bad. We put the we put the meals at the door right there. There you go. Early in the morning. Bad shape. All right. Nice to see ya. Nice to see ya, honey. Y'all have a good time. Miss you. Miss you too. Enjoy your lockdown. Hey, hey, I love you. I love you. And she goes, yeah, this is him. Like she was showing him off, like a caged animal. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever see, like, do you remember lifestyles of the rich and famous with, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy with the British accent lifestyles of the rich and famous. And there's always like some super tacky rich person who had like a tiger and, and they would be like, this is my tiger. And then they would walk up to the cage and the tiger's like pacing around, like, give me the fuck out of here. I want to go back to the wild. This motherfucker be feeding me trout and bullshit like that. I want to kill. I want to eat hot blooded animals. And the rich person is like, I've had him since he was six months old. That's how she was presenting uh, Stedman to us. He was in the cage of that guest house, which I'm sure is a banging ass fucking guest house. And she was like, yeah, he's in quarantine. See you soon, babe. Love you. 
kisses? And he was like, yeah, that's where they dropped my food off. She was like, yep, that's where we drop his food off at the door right there. Point to the door. And she was like, I, I love you, but I'm going back to the big house. And so that's like a very interesting juxtaposition between Idris Elba's wife, who I don't know her name, but I don't want to, okay, let me Google her name. Cause I don't want to keep saying like Idris Elba wife, because she is a woman on her own. She has her own identity and I don't want to minimize who she is. Okay. Idris Elba's wife. Her name is Sabrina. Okay, good. Okay. So Sabrina, his wife has realized revealed that she also has coronavirus after she was in his coronavirus confession video. And I really have a problem with all these celebrities just making all these videos. Like I just wanted to know. So I got, I, I don't have any symptoms. I have no symptoms at all. I feel fine, but I just wanted to know if I had it. So I just got tested. It's like, motherfucker, we can't get tested like that. So you are, are definitely like showing your wealth. Okay. You're showing your celebrity and you know, all of the NBA players got tested or damn near all of them got tested. I read an article that said that, um, when one of the teams got tested, they didn't pay for it. They didn't do a private. They used state, they used state funding. Okay. This is what it was. Upon the news breaking of Goberts. That's the young guy who said that he, I don't know. He said he was joking and he touched everybody's microphones. Gobert. Upon the breaking news of Gobert's positive test in Oklahoma City, the Utah Jazz 58 person traveling party, players, coaches, trainers, broadcasters, and media were all tested. And their defense is not in their defense. It was apparently not their idea to deplete Oklahoma's then available supply of COVID-19 tests to a mere 250 remaining. So this is what I'm talking about. The NBA team, not even Oklahoma City, but the visiting team of the Utah Jazz all got tested on Oklahoma's dime. See, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So that's what I'm saying. It's like now you have states who are fighting over resources. You have the idiot in the White House who doesn't want to enact the bill that like gives companies money to do emergency wartime production levels. And you have celebrities who just keep popping up on Instagram like, oh, I got tested and blah, 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 blah. And then then you want to know why people on Twitter being like, eat the rich. It's like, y'all don't know how to settle down and shut the fuck up. Like, yes, okay, get tested. But, like, what, do, what is the point of you telling us that you got tested? Like, y'all didn't tell us that you got tested for HIV. What about thumb results? Did you tell us you got tested for HPV, syphilis, gonorrhea, diabetes, high blood pressure, anything? Did you tell us about any of those testings? So, like, what is the point of you telling us that you got tested for a pandemic? And and what? And that you feel fine and you're going to sit in your mansion? Sidebar celebrities we don't need y'all singing no motherfucking sing-alongs, okay? You singing Imagine is not doing anything to help anybody at all, period. Even Tyler Perry tried to blacken it up and do, he got the whole world in his hands. That does nothing for me. If anything, that just gives people on social media something to gag out because a lot of you celebrities was not hitting the notes correctly. It's tiring. It's sad. It's annoying and we need to reevaluate our priorities, okay? 
because if you're going to tell people that they should be able to go back to work by Easter, when the reality is the only reason why you want the workforce to go back is so that companies don't fail, get the fuck out of here. Okay. And I hope that everybody has the wherewithal to stay their ass at home. Even if your job is like, oh, you can come back to work. We, we bleached the factory. We bleached the factory down. It's good to come back. No, no, we should not be returning to the workforce until certain things are taken care of. Namely, we need to work on unions. We need to have affordable or if not universal health care for everybody independently of your workforce. Because clearly, if you get laid off for work, it, do you see how fast people were getting laid off for work? Like people didn't even say I chew and company was like, we laying off everybody. Sorry, 300 people got to go. 100,000 people got to go. Sorry, putting you on furlough. Deuces. So y'all so quick to lay people off or put them on furlough or made them use their personal time or their, their family medical leave. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. I hope you rot in hell because you're the richest man in the goddamn galaxy and you want people to donate to fucking Amazon employees. You could just open your wallet and pay everybody enough money. Let me tell you why I love Dolly Parton. Not only is, she's a, not only is she a bad bitch who makes her own money and writes her own songs, but she gives a fuck about her people. She is loyal to her people of Tennessee, okay? She has Dollywood. She's kept it open for decades. It was started out as a way for, like, you know, people who couldn't afford to go to Disney World to have, like, an amusement park experience. Um, she's donated millions of books to her, her reading charity because she loved to read as a, a young girl, even though she was piss poor. And when there was, uh, I think it was a fire, when it was a fire that hit um, Gatlisburg, Tennessee, where she's located or where she grew up or whatever she created a fund and people donated money but she created a fund and over eight million dollars was raised and she paid each family that lost their home a thousand dollars a month for six months and at the end of the six months they got a bonus check of five thousand dollars because that's how much money was raised in the slush fund right and then after that after she did that, she had $3 million left over and she gave that to a local charity so that they continue helping these families get back on their feet. That's what the fuck you do. Okay. And she didn't even do it with no fucking post. She didn't even go out there and was like, yo, we about to do this. I'm doing this. Like she did a telethon, I believe, and she raised money, but it wasn't about her. It was about the families. And so it's like, yes, I know when people say, well, you don't know what celebrities are doing behind closed doors it's like if you can tell me you got a test and you tested negative or you can tell me that you got a test and you tested positive but you're still feeling good you can be able to sit up there hold up your motherfucking phone and say i donated x amount of millions of dollars to help people get face masks in order to help people get food like if you want to be patted on the back for that you pat yourself on the back for donating money Yes. And I know people's like, well, they shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to either. Okay. I don't make a lot of money, but every time I go to Rite Aid or CVS, I go to check out. They want me to donate a dollar to charity. Fuck out of here. No, I'm not giving you a money. I'm not giving you a dollar. I'm not giving you $5 because the board of this company gets fucking bonuses in the millions. Okay. In the millions. Tell them motherfuckers to donate a dollar. 
See, y'all be playing with us. Y'all be playing with us and you be getting me upset. Y'all be playing with us because you think that you want to make it seem like we the people are in control, but y'all are really in control because you just see us as like bodies to make the rich richer. And I hope everybody comes to that realization. I hope everybody understands that. I hope we smarten up so that we can call people out on their bullshit and I'm not letting nothing slide. I'm not letting nothing slide. I already told myself, I was like, when this all clears up, and the next time I'm in a situation where I'm having a conversation with somebody and I know they bullshit me, I'm calling them the fuck out. No more, oh, you know, it's not even worth it. No, it's fucking worth it. It's worth it. I'm calling out any and everybody. If the opportunity presents itself in a very tactful way, I would be like, I'm sorry. I think that information that you just said is incorrect. And I think you need to reevaluate your approach to the situation because it is not conducive for you to be misleading and steering people down the wrong path. Like there's no, no more, there's no more days of shrugging. Like I'm not shrugging shit off. No more, no more, no more, no more, no more. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Let's talk about something fun. <laughs> Let's talk about something good. Um, so New York city, posted a bulletin over the weekend about ways that you can prevent the spread of the COVID-19. And one of them was about intimacy and sex. And I'm going to read it to you because it's a gag and a half. I mean, if I had a producer, I could have Alicia queued the fuck up. Okay. Are you ready? We still have a lot to learn about COVID-19 and sex. COVID-19 has been found in the feces of people who are infected with the virus. COVID-19 has not yet been found in semen or vaginal fluid. We know that other coronaviruses do not effectively transmit through sex or efficiently. We know, first of all, this, this shit is so tiny. I'm trying to read it off of my Instagram account. This shit is minuscule. Okay. Um, we know that other coronaviruses do not affect efficient efficiently transmit through sex okay good two have sex with people close to you you are your safest sex partner masturbation will not spread COVID-19 now ain't that a bitch all this time they've been telling us for religious reasons not to self-love and here you go telling us self-love is the best love I hope y'all uh, have your, your masturbation kits. I mean, whatever you need for your kit. If it's a candle, if it's a, a motherfucking Johnny Gill uh, playlist, if it's um, a battery, or hopefully you don't use toys that still need batteries. Hopefully you own that recharge life. Yeah, like plug that shit in, set it and forget it. Come back. That light be bright as fuck, ready to go. Hopefully you got all of that fleshlight, whatever you need. They got fake butts now. They got dildos with suction cups that you can put on a wall. Oh my God. I should show you the dildo that Angela Yee gave me. So I did lip service, Angela Yee's podcast, and she gave me a sex toy. And it's a big old double dildo. It's not big. Like, it's like a good size. It's a good size. But it's a double, it's a double pronged one, right? I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it real quick so you can see it. So I did the lip service podcast with Angela Yee and she gave me a toy. She gave me a dildo. Okay. So this is it. It's called, um, the double dip in D for obvious reasons. And, um, 
it was really funny because she gave it to me and I had like a, a purse and I had to like figure out how to get this in my purse because I took the train that day. And, you know, it's always funny when somebody gives you a gift and you're just like, oh, my God, that's such a good gag gift. Right. But like now I'm like, mm, should I boil a pot of water and sanitize this bitch? Now, I am not a big anal sex person. Like I have had the experience is not something that I've done more than I can count on one hand. But um, I don't think this is the time where I want to practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love myself enough to not embarrass myself with this double penetration dildo. But it's a good gag. And you see there's a suction cup right at the bottom. You stick it on a flat surface. Um, it's so interesting, like, on, like, Pornhub and stuff, you see, like, chicks, like, just bouncing on the floor. I'm like, uh, y'all doing too much. You can put it in a, in a shower. But it's just like, who can just pop a dildo in their ass in a shower? Not me. So thank you, Angela Yee, for my um my pandemic penis. <laughs> so basically, the city of New York is saying that the safe sex is self-sex and that if you are going to have sex, make sure it's someone who you're close to, someone that you live with. You should not be going out into these streets just for some dick or puss. I'm paraphrasing at this point. Um, take care of doing sex. Kissing can easily pass COVID-19. And I fucking told you guys that kissing was disgusting. If you didn't see my clip from this week at the Comedy Cellar, I told a story about like, yo, why are we still kissing? Like, it is absolutely disgusting to kiss. When you really think about it, you're just passing saliva back and forth. And it's nasty. It's gross. It is gross. Kissing is nasty. And now, of course, I love a little peck. I love a man with some soft lips. I love a little... But like all of that tonguing and kissing and tonguing and kissing, I get it on occasion, but like I need to breathe and like, I don't want to be swallowing your saliva because you've been tonguing me down for two minutes straight. Get the fuck out my face, sir. So yeah, so that is the the fun thing we're going to end on today. Um, Masturbate. Masturbate with, with reckless abandon. Okay. Enjoy yourself by yourself with yourself. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Social Misfit. And I am so grateful that you are here with me and we can keep each other company. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, I launched a Patreon. My Patreon is live. It's uh, patreon.com backslash Chloe Hilliard. No underscore, just straight Chloe Hilliard. And again, if you are in need of supplies and food during this time please dm me i'm giving six people fifty dollars please have a venmo account because <laughs> that's how i'm gonna send you this fifty dollars and continue to find the joy in life don't stress out too much do some exercise do some jumper decks masturbate cook a, cook a nice good meal make a big pot of something set it aside eat off of it for a couple of days i've been making stews and soups and using my um crock pot which i love i love my crock pot so just do the things that are gonna help keep you sane i'm also trying to think of things that i can do in this time so that i don't go like stir crazy I, i'm thinking about like practicing the language um i can crochet and knit so i may start doing that sort of stuff i have a sewing a little sewing machine that i have not used yet no i'm not gonna try and make face masks i'm not gonna play myself and 
just you know make sure that you can use technology to see the people that you can't see in person I, I like I said I do a daily video chat with my family it just gives us a nice little 10-15 minutes to check in on each other make sure that we're doing okay you know we are not alone you may feel lonely but we're not alone we're all going through something and this you know I hate to say it this experience is going to be a great equalizer it's going to be a great equalizer so think about how you can you know be a positive light in a room full of darkness have a great day guys talk to you soon join my patreon Woo-hoo!